0: Doing it live on a Tuesday, Bo Bishop, Johnny Ginter. This is the Dubcast, and we are, this has been a hell of a spring, Um, and I'm curious the feelings in Columbus versus the feelings in Northeast Ohio, because in Northeast Ohio, when it comes to Ohio State coverage, other than um, the places where I go, 11 Warriors or Cleveland.com or something like that... um, it, outside of eleven warriors, there has been no coverage of any of the spring activities at, at Ohio State on the athletic fields. None. I mean, zero. <laughs> zip, none. right? Um, yeah. I haven't seen it anywhere. No one's talking about it. Nothing. Um, and the th- this goes back to the men's basketball team, which was a, which we all know how that went. Um, so there was very little conversation about the men's basketball team, and then nothing uh, through the spring. Uh, Kyle Snyder popped a little bit. Um, just because he's like the best in the world at what he does, and because he has the gold medals, so there's a little bit of story tell to that. But other than that, everything else that's happened up there, whether it's volleyball or tennis or lacrosse, this last weekend, um, it, it none of it happened up here. And I'm curious the reaction in Columbus because I know we have listeners who are all around, and many of them probably are you know attended Ohio State alumni. Some of them are just great fans. Like what I'm wondering is, as successful as this spring season has been. How much did it matter to you?
1: <laughs> to me personally, or, do you, or how much do you think yeah, I think like to it matters
0: the To the like other to people. people, yeah, to you personally and to the fans in general. Like, are you proud, absurdly proud of the Ohio State Athletic Department? Are you finally saying, Gene Smith, <laughs> my God, that's a hell of a job? That oh, is a I hell think, of a job. I mean, Ohio I State basically did like what Stanford does. Like, nobody yeah. does this.
1: Competes no, I in think lacrosse, that's an and volleyball. That put Ohio state in a position to just excel at pretty much every sport. And and a lot of credit has to go to him. Um, I think personally, I mean, I, I love it. I, I, I love the fact that Ohio state is competitive in all these things. And, you know, we just got like the tennis doubles and men's lacrosse going to the championship and all that stuff. Um, I, you know, for me, I love the idea that, people would learn more about sports that they don't typically see on their television. So okay, I, first of all, I cool. take a lot of pride in the fact that we cover the hell out of those things because I think it's really yeah. important that those athletes get recognized. I think that's, that's an essential thing for a, a, any site that covers Ohio state sports period. But I also just like the fact that, you know, teams are winning and, and here's the thing. And, and what I love about the fact that, you know, you've got all these Ohio state, you know, teams and players and stuff succeeding is that it gives other people a gateway into those sports. And so, you know, if you're a casual Ohio state fan and maybe you just watch football and then the occasional basketball game, you might tune into something like that simply because Ohio state is playing in it. And I think that's great for just sports in general, because everybody should have a really wide, I think, breadth of of information and and attraction to sports. You shouldn't just focus on like one or two things. Um, I mean, I know that's sometimes all people have time for, but if you're a fan of sports in general, like you should, expand your world a little bit. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, Ohio state can provide that opportunity for people. Cause it's fun. Sports are great. And I, I like that obscure sports are getting more attention as far as how much play it's getting in uh, Columbus. I don't know that we're there yet. I think our mission continues as a site. Uh, but I don't know that too many people are like going around like men's across. And they're like hitting right. each other with sticks. And... Well,
0: but don't you think like 11 warriors isn't a site for Columbus sports. 11 warriors is an right. Ohio state site nationally. Right. You yes. know, like, it, you know, whatever's going on in Columbus, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask the czar about this, but my guess is that, you know, his mission statement isn't to dominate the Columbus sports scene. My guess is that the mission statement with 11 Warriors is to be the home for Ohio State conversation absolutely uh, across the country and across the world, that that's the goal. Um, and so it, it almost doesn't really matter what's what's happening in Columbus. I'm just curious if it if it's tr- if it transcended at all, if it transcended the site, if it trans because I saw, you know, the great coverage that we did and i you know i it's something that you know you, you said something that was interesting about uh, giving you a window into it um i i i probably have watched in the last decade or so i probably watched one or two parts of one or two men's lacrosse finals i've yeah. always been kind of curious about it um as a sport because i think there's something about the uppity northeasternism of it um <laughs> you know yeah. like this blue blood behind ivy gates sport that these wealthy white kids in the northeast play predominantly um and it's always like the teams in the final it's always johns hopkins against you know notre dame or i'm um, duke some whatever and um and so i've always kind of been curious about the game and it's I, it seems like a to- a ton of fun i mean it really looks like yeah. it would be a lot of fun to play um there, there was, there's a decent lacrosse community in Columbus. Um, it seems the private schools are great at it, you know, much like in football in the state of Ohio, the private schools in the state of Ohio, Ohio seem to be really great at it, but it's still primarily a Northeastern dominated sport. Um, and so I, I, at one o'clock on, on Monday, I'm, uh, you know, I'm up at the Bishop estate on the lake and I'm checking out, I'm, che- I'm going to find it. And And I watched a little of it. Now I don't know the kids, uh, I'm not gonna, I don't know the kids. Uh, we did a little bit of stuff with the coach when I was at channel 10. So I had a little bit of familiarity with him, uh with Coach Meyer. But in terms of um the pro, the, the kids, I I don't know any of the kids. Um but but I watched a little bit of it and we wa- you know we watched until you know it was it was obvious that they you know they weren't gonna win. Uh, but i did have pride and i'm i didn't go to the school but i do have pride that there's you know there's a, a silver bullet on their heads and there's o's on you know block o's on their on their uniforms and you it's kind of an entry into it and i'm guessing that probably happened you know more with with volleyball and certainly Kyle kind of is a little different i separate him from the rest of this a little bit yeah, but he's um these far and these away. non-traditional you know these kind of non-traditional ohio state sports like lacrosse and men's volleyball and even tennis um, you know, it's fascinating to me that, that these things have flourished, um, because we're kind of, we're kind of the the nouveau rich, right? I mean, the, <laughs> we're try the, anything we're
1: the, out, right? yeah, yeah.
0: we're kind of like the guys who just have all the money now. And so we're trying to be good at everything right. and it's, it's working and it's, it's really interesting to me, you know, the mindset of it. I'd love to talk to Gene about it, about what was the inspiration to decide, um, you know, that we're going to be great at lacrosse and men's volleyball specifically men's volleyball i mean how do you how do you decide that's going to be a focus
1: you,
0: <laughs> you know, know there's no men's volleyball in the state of ohio
1: yeah it's not not on a
0: high a school sport. level so um, like, what, what's the motivation on this it's all cool i like all of it um i'm just wondering how it happened i'm fascinated by how how this growth in these non-traditional ohio sports how it took off like that
1: I think that's something that we can really delve into over the summer because the other thing is like, it's not, I mean, this is incredibly intentional. I think people listening to this need to understand they're not investing millions of dollars in facilities for non-revenue sports just for no reason, right? Like this is clearly an intended effect of a lot of work, a lot of smart coaching hires, um, you know, getting the name out in the communities. Like that's the other thing. Like people don't understand that. I think a lot of these smaller sports are really tight knit communities in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. Like fencing, especially like I'm just going to bring up fencing because that's something I know a little bit about. But uh, in Columbus, there is, you know, a pretty deep group of talent in fencing in general. And for whatever reason, that's just that's something that's kind of accumulated over the years. And Ohio State is, is trying to exploit the hell out of that. And they should. And I just think it's. This politics that you have to play and the stuff that you have to know to be able to get that done is impressive, but also the fact that you're going to back it up with money because yeah, a lot of schools will do the former, but not the latter. They'll say, okay, we know this guy and we're going to get a good coach, but sorry, I got to practice in a garage. Like that's what they'll do. High state isn't doing that. They're, they're putting in all the money that they can uh, to get that done. And the other thing I would say about our site, <clears throat> excuse me, is that I, I just counted uh, since last Friday. So that would make it, what five days now, I guess four or five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have put nine articles on the site about men's across. Like, right. there is probably not another college sports site in the universe. Oh, no, that's that, yeah, <clears throat> that is devoted it, that it much to
0: our gathering spot. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's that, that's what that's what I think the site is. Even before I was affiliated with it, that's that's what I thought it was. Like, to me, right. it, it is the place where Ohio State fans come to congregate and and the fact that these sports are transcending in uh and jumping into the conversation is great. Um yeah. one thing that you said though that I that I would correct just just slightly and that is um that a lot of schools talk about this but uh, some of them don't put their money into it. Most of them don't have the ability to.
1: Oh, that's most okay, that's
0: of fair. them. Right. Do not have the money that Ohio State has. Um the, the amazing thing about Ohio State is the amount of ultra rich boosters that went to the school um, or are affiliated with the school. Ohio state is in a top 15 um, population city in the country. And up until five years ago, really when people kind of, you know, I mean the blue jackets are there, but this is an Ohio state town and it's an enormous city and they've had it all to themselves. They had all the corporate money themselves. I mean, you think about, you think about like the Cavellis, right? Panera. Oh, right. right yeah. <laughs> okay. What are they getting? A women's volleyball complex? <laughs> yeah. Like if the Cavellis were interested in, in, uh, Penn state, they'd get their name on the basketball facility. That's the difference. <laughs> right. That's but the difference. That's, that's, that's what Ohio yeah. state can do.
1: So they're relegated to.
0: very few people have that type of resource. Yeah. Ohio state has it. Texas has it. I don't know who else, maybe USC. Maybe Michigan. There's maybe a couple. There, there, just aren't many who can who can put literally put the money where the mouth is and say, "Now go eat." We we can we can go big in every sport because we have infinite money. And we saw that in the last month with these new plans um, for what they're thinking about doing with an ice hockey only facility and this you know this Champions Way that they're going to have with you know running down by the Jesse Owens and all that with all of these facilities. It's it is a stunning amount of capital. Yeah, that it takes to pull that together. And there's there's maybe three or four other schools in the country that can do it. So well, the, now I think it's cool that they are doing it, but they're in a group of about five people who can.
1: I was about to say that I, I think it's only cool as long as the, uh, you know, you're in the situation that Ohio State Athletic Department is where they're financially independent from the rest of the college. Right. Where they they generate their own revenue and they don't rely on student subsidies to you know continue doing what they're doing. Um, if Ohio state starts pulling from the students to do that kind of stuff, I think you would rightfully see an uproar about it, but I, I it'll think it'll never that's... happen
0: though, because of the amount of boosters.
1: Well, right. And and Ohio there's state's in, so a very fortunate position money. in that effect, yeah.
0: there's so much booster money at Ohio right. state that it'll, you know, it'll never happen because I mean, the Cavellis are the best example. I mean, you think about what they're giving and they're getting a volleyball facility. <laughs> you know, like at Florida State, you'd get your name on the damn football stadium. Yeah, you know, or or the practice facility. At Ohio State, you get a women's volleyball place. That's the difference. It's and that's that, that can't which be I'm sure will be
1: very nice women's volleyball facility. It'll be
0: beautiful, but it's still. I mean, on a on the best day, there will be 500 right. people going through there.
1: Exactly right.
0: Yeah. You know, so that's the that's the difference. That's what they can do. Um, back back to the the money maker, and that is football. Uh, One of the common themes uh, we've had during this podcast, also we had on the television show that we uh, that we do every week for Spectrum Sports, uh, the 11 Warriors report has been to pay it. We like to pay attention to jersey numbers, right? Um, So Demario McCall has gotten a lot of attention about being a potential and everybody loves him. He's fun on social media and he looks like he's got an electric playmaker ability to him. Um, but the one thing I said is you will know, and I, I'm pretty sure I said it on the podcast too, but I said, you will Absolutely, know what I the know. coaches think of DeMario McCall based on the number he has issued in fall camp. DeMario right. wears number 30 now, I believe. Yes. Um, but I think he wanted to wear I think he wanted to wear number two. That's what he wanted to wear. Yeah. Um, somebody on the site will correct me on that, but I know it was a low single digit. No, so too- today, I think Eric wrote this today for us just want to make sure it was today. I'm pretty sure it was today. Yeah. Okay. So Eric wrote this today for us. So the freshman jersey numbers are out. Okay? Yeah. So Jeff Okuda is wearing... By the way, the other part of this is you will know what a coach thinks of a recruit based on the number he's given. Okay? So in other words, Johnny Dixon, like they thought Johnny Dixon was going to be Jerry Rice. They gave him number one. It hasn't worked out, but they gave him number one. They didn't think Darren Lee was going to be much. So Darren Lee, who played quarterback and safety in high school, and I'm pretty sure wore what it num- wore a single – I know he wore a single digit. Darren Lee was 43, okay? That's what they thought. They got that one wrong. They get some of these wrong. But this is the expectation of the kid based on the number given. Okay, so Akuta's wearing number one. First mm-hmm. time I can ever remember seeing this. Chase Young, a defensive end. <laughs> he's a beast. Gets number two. Yeah. I've never seen a defensive lineman get a single digit. Um, yeah. Certainly not two. I mean, two's pretty. Everybody wants two. And Chase Young's going to wear two on defense. J.K. Dobbins gets it on offense. Baron Browning's going to wear uh, Braxton's number five. Trayvon Grimes is number eight. Kendall Sheffield is number eight on defense. Amir Reap is uh, the the corner is going to wear number ten. Let me see if anything else. Martell is eighteen. You know that. Sean Wade's twenty four. Uh, nothing else jumps out. It's really those single digits that everybody is so. Uh, wanting to get—they're so coveted. Everybody wants a handle on it, and I would say that that does not spell good news for Demario McCall, my friend.
1: Sarah. Yeah, I mean it. I mean it could just be you know a carrot and stick kind of situation, but I also, I mean, I don't know. I the thing about Demario, and I again, we we have to always preface anything that we say about Demario is that we all love him, but you've got to also have production on the field, and if you're going to be expected to be like. You know, one of the guys you want to be an H back, you want to like light up the world, and in a way that maybe really hasn't been done except for maybe Curtis Samuel. Uh, you're gonna have to prove it, and I, you know, I don't know. I mean, giving him a two, I think would be really kind of premature. But I think obviously, if you're gonna do that for a freshman, then you are gonna do it for Demario. So I, I, I understand good. why he might feel a little salty, um, but you gotta earn it. And if they don't believe he's spent the offseason earning it, then they're not going to give it to him. And that no. may you know, be a signal for what's going to happen with them in the season.
0: Yeah, I, I I, think it's always interesting. I'm fascinated to see it. I always am. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there are any other uh, single digits that he could even grab at this point. Um, but I don't, I don't uh, know that there are. I think yeah. the rest of them are pretty well spoken for at this point. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it, it, even if there was one, like if, you know, he gets 6.3 or something like that, I mean, he's <laughs> one and two. He didn't get two. He didn't get I think two. That's probably a clear indicator that, you yeah. know, they're not, they're maybe not feeling the corner right now.
0: That's right. And they gave it to a freshman running
1: back. Yep. And that's exa- <laughs> exactly right. And that's, that's probably the knife the uh, part. You know, that they twisted because it'd be one thing if it were like a wide receiver. Well, even if it was a wide receiver, screw it. But, yeah, I don't know. That's that's yeah. probably not great for Demario. I think it's kind of funny. I mean, looking because I I got the list up here. I always like it when people take uh, really anachronistic or weird numbers. You know, like numbers that people just don't use anymore. And I wish I just wish we had a guy on the team that wanted to do like a double ninety nine at like a wide receiver position or just something really stupid. Um, right. <laughs> but they they just take themselves so well, seriously. They got to have the cool number. Well,
0: dude, they remember how how ridiculous. Who is that poor Michigan quarterback? who wore Tom, Har- Tom Harmon's number 98?
1: Yeah, I can't remember, remember. that poor kid? Yeah. And he
0: actually played good in the, in the Ohio State-Michigan game. Why can't, I can picture his face, and I can't say his, his name, but he, but he wore 98. Remember how crazy that looked? Yeah. That just looked nuts. <laughs> and then That's uh, why the, I like fat quarter- remember the fat quarterback at uh, Kentucky <laughs> oh, like God. 20 years ago? Yeah. Jared Lorenzen, who wore yeah, 22. Jared Lorenzen. Like there's, it's a tough, the kid at, uh, the kid down at Ole Miss, I think wears number 20 and he was a big time recruit. They have a quarterback who wore number 20. It's just rare. Uh, you gotta be a baller to pull it off. Yeah. There's the single digits are over. It's done. There's yeah. no single digits. I guess he could wear three because there's not an offensive player wearing three. Damon Arnett has it on defense. Right. Um, uh, he could wear four opposite Jordan Fuller. He could wear five opposite Baron Browning if they wanted to get out some some, you know double up some more numbers
1: Five would be sweet um, i think he could yeah. i mean if, he, if they if they would swing five i think that would be kind of cool for him i think he could be like all right braxton miller wore it i can wear it be sweet. yeah i was
0: always disappointed brax went to one i just thought he was five yeah you know, i understood why he did it because he wanted i think it was twofold number one he wanted the new identity number two they were going to sell numbers one and 15 right, so we right, wanted right. to make sure he saw a lot of his number
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
0: But, um, Uh, but yeah, to me, he's always number five. I never really Um, got,
1: I'll I'll be honest, when I was playing sports, like in high school and stuff, I never really understood the numbers thing. I mean, partly. Really? Oh, I, well, first of all, you gotta understand this. I'm not a good, I'm not a good athlete. Okay. (laughs) Like that was, that was part of it, but I played (laughs) soccer a lot. I played soccer since I was like four years old and, uh, I never understood why the, you know, everybody wanted the 10, right? Like the 10s, the the thing. And, And, uh. People, like kids on our team were like fighting over it. I'm like, what the hell? Like, who cares? And then I found out right, later, right. it's like, that's top dog. You got to wear 10, you know? So it's yes. yeah. one of those things. Oh,
0: that, I remember they gave them to upperclassmen, you know, for us got first right. choice on numbers, you know, in junior high and high school. And I remember just like trying to, I remember even trying to politic because I was a magic Johnson fan. So I was wore number 32. There you and go. And I remember trying to like politic with kids who are upperclassmen <laughs> to, to make them convinced they didn't want it. like oh it stinks who want you want to be 23 Jordan's way better than magic now you don't want no there's no interest the the kids at Michigan are wearing the single digits now (laughs) wear a single digit you don't need 32 um so yeah I know it was huge that was huge and it's so big I remember at Florida State there was a a running back out at running back linebacker out of Tallahassee named Ernie Sims about it more than a decade ago and he was a five star he was the number one player in the country according to rivals yeah and he wanted to wear number 34 And every, you know, the whole world wanted him and Florida, every school, his final three all had 34 retired. So Florida state had it retired for Ron sellers. Um, Auburn had it retired for a guy named Bo Jackson and Georgia had it retired for a guy named Herschel Walker. Well, Ernie wanted to wear 34 and all three of them said that they would unretire the number for him. And, (laughs) and Yeah. He ended up going to Florida state and they unretired 34. So he could wear it at Florida state. No one's wore it since or before. Um, and and I, that's happened a lot at Florida state with Deion Sanders. Cause he wore two and everybody wants to wear two and Deion won't let him, won't let him re- unretire it. He will right. not let him take it out. Put it back into circulation, which is, it's pretty good. Yeah, and he just sticks it to all these
1: kids who want to wear two. <laughs> well, what's funny, pretty good though. So- I mean, like just the, the drama and stuff, like how passionate. Like I picked 21 when I was a senior uh, on varsity mm-hmm. and stuff because I like Sean Casey with the Reds. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, it's a good
0: twenty one's a good number, though, too. It is
1: a good number. It's a great number. A number. But yeah. that's why I picked it. It wasn't it wasn't because of like, I got to look cool because I'm riding on the bench 90 percent of the time. It's because I like Sean Casey. And... All right. Yeah. But
0: you will look cool in 21.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a good number. Not if you're wearing rec specs and like short shorts because <laughs> you have and you got really long legs. not a whole lot you can do about that that that. That could be that could complicate things yeah uh all right Do we
0: got time for some ask us anything's my friend
1: we do have time for ask us anything's we want to make sure that we you know we didn't get to all of them we're gonna we're gonna try like hell to get through these today uh you guys can send us ask us anything questions to uh dubcast at 11warriors.com or hit us up on twitter at 11 dubcast uh this first first one here's from matt Uh, he says as a buckeyes fan i am also a fan of the big Ten conference i don't know why you would feel that way but although the problem uh with being both a Buckeyes fan and a Big Ten fan I often find myself cheering for teams like Michigan Penn State personally I would rather see the SEC lose the Michigan am I a bad Buckeye fan for thinking this way uh during the regular season I would argue yes unless they're playing out of a conference during bowl games I would say no so I don't I don't know how you feel about that but
0: well I'm I'm a fo- I I want Michigan coming in undefeated always yes. I'm not cheering um, for them. No, no, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily root for them, although I do yeah. love Harbaugh. Um, but I like, I like them coming in undefeated. I think the root of the question is one that is, that is, uh, goes back really, and this will be right in your wheelhouse, goes back mm. to the civil war. And sure. that is the sec sec chant. Um, right. and, and the fine bomb yep. network and the, all of those things, um, that the, the, when you hear the SEC's, and, and he's kind of going the other way because when I moved to Columbus, I never understood why teams, why everybody rooted for Michigan to lose or Michigan State to lose or Penn State to lose. And I thought, well, God, in the SEC, if an SEC team is playing for something, the whole conference roots for them. I mean, yeah. I, I got a buddy of mine went to Alabama. If Auburn, when Auburn was in the national championship, it's Florida State, he rooted for Auburn uh, because that's the SEC. Mm-hmm. And so what the SEC is capitalized on is that Southern pride thing that is, this underlying ugly underbelly that is still in the South. Um, right. And that's what that really – that's the root of that, of that SEC-SEC thing. And we don't have that up here. It doesn't exist. Um, back to the bigger question, are you a bad – no, you're not. Of course not. Um, <laughs> I, I, you root root for who you want. And I right. am i want Michigan undefeated in that game. I want it to mean everything. It's more fun when it does. I have no interest in watching the, the Michigan-Ohio State games that I watched from 2008 to 2000 and whenever Harbaugh got there like those sucked I have yeah. no interest in that
1: no I so I, 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 wonder, I 100% agree with that. that but what I will say is that I'm not actively going to root for them in any game that they play I'll be you know fine if they win but I will say that I think what happens is if you get too caught up in like all right I want to make sure that they win I'm, I'm somehow emotionally invested in this is that you can't enjoy stuff like Michigan State beating them on a ridiculous blown punt, like that kind of stuff. Like I guess you can abstractly, but like if you are actively, like I really hope Michigan screws this up somehow, and then it comes to fruition, that's going to make your month. Like that's going to be the best thing in the world to you. So I think you got to retain a little bit about that hate. You got to have a little bit of that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also like you. I want to see them good. I want to see them relevant, and you know make the game special. So I can see both sides yeah. of it. I guess. Uh, next one here. This is from Alex, and I'll just kind of summarize here real quick. We talked a little bit about the the game being on Fox possibly and all that stuff uh, yeah. going down. Uh, so basically, do you think Gus Johnson is going to be the guy on that? Do you think it's a possibility alongside Spielman because he's a bit no, Alex? It's Tom, Br-
0: it's Tom Brenneman.
1: right? Yes. Yeah, it's ar- It's already
0: done. So no, it won't be Gus. I, I wonder when it, I don't. I think that was been a, has been a failure. That was a much ballyhooed move in the broadcasting business for Gus to go to Fox because he was coming off of the I mean he was the voice of March Madness. I mean, you want to talk about Jim Nance but Gus was it was Gus was Gus. He had all the games. Yeah. I mean, him him with Ron Lewis, ha ha, and all that. I mean, like we'll <laughs> never forget that. You know, as Ohio people who observe Ohio State or fans of Ohio State, you are never going to forget that. So, um they paid him a lot of money to go to Fox. They've tried putting him on soccer. Um, they put him on football, and it. I think that if you ask them, and this has happened a lot with Fox, where they overpay for other for talent that has developed at other networks, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's done much at all for them. Um, and I don't know when his contract's up, and I don't know what they think of him. Um, but the fact that they're going to have Tom Brenneman do these games tells you about all you need to know. Yeah. Um, that they don't they don't think much of him.
1: I I mean I really like Gus Johnson, but I will say that he can't do every sport. I mean, and and not every broadcaster can. I mean, you have some guys that can. You know, they do all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, Nestler's done all. You know, he's done golf in between doing. You know, college yeah, football. Like Vern people can do the college football games on the SEC, and he can call
0: the Masters and he can do NCAA. I mean, there's guys, I, and I think he's a great, really I, talented.
1: Right, and and as much as I I really don't particularly care for his football play-by-play. I love his basketball play-by-play. But as far as Gus Johnson goes, like, you listen to some of the stuff that he did with soccer. It was not, it was bad. Like, he was really bad. It was awful. That's awful. And I think he's still amazing at basketball. I still think that's great. But I don't know necessarily that he's maybe a good fit for what they're trying to cultivate. Or at least, I mean, what I assume they're trying to cultivate uh, with bringing Big Ten football to the, the Fox network. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, like you said, it's, it's not happening. But, um... I don't know. I I, I think he just has a really narrow niche, and Fox has kind of realized that. And I don't really know what he's they're going to do. At
0: MMA, with isn't he? I don't watch yeah, MMA, I, but doesn't he do some MMA?
1: Honestly, I I mean, I'm I'm with you. I don't really watch a whole lot of it. Um, he could, you know. And yeah, but that's I don't what I'm know. saying. Like, just because he's got a great voice, doesn't necessarily mean he can do every sport. And maybe he's great at MMA, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I like him, but I like him in a, a kind of a narrow role, I guess. Yeah, he's great um, at hoops. Yeah, God, he's fantastic. He's he's one of the best. But soccer. <laughs>
0: oh, that was a disaster.
1: That was <laughs> did not did not work out. All right, this one next from some Dave, and he's just real quick, just kind of talking about uh, you know who can Ohio State realistically target as their next basketball coach, and then he brings up Bob Huggins, uh, which I love. <laughs> I love that you would do that, Dave. Uh, I don't think that's happened.
0: <laughs> no, they had a chance to hire Huggins. Huggins wanted the job. 20 yeah. years ago no. right. and went down the road and there were actually people on the board who, who wanted, yeah. who went to bat for Bob. And uh, I believe it was Geiger at the time felt there was just way too many red flags with Huggins coming off of Cincinnati and, you know, some of the trouble they had down there. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he really hasn't had any trouble at West Virginia and he's crushed it at West Virginia and he is a great basketball coach. I mean, he is yeah. a fantastic basketball coach, but uh, that's his alma mater and I just don't think it's he's in would have any interest in, in leaving that gig. Um, my guess would be, my slightly educated guess would be that the first call Ohio State would make on this would be for Billy Donovan. Um, <laughs> now, I don't know if I, Billy would leave the NBA, and I don't know if he'd leave it for Ohio State, but I think Ohio State is shoot big, and I think they would try to shoot as big as you can shoot, and Billy Donovan would be that. I do um, not. I don't think he would take any job other than I think he likes the NBA by everybody I hear. He likes the NBA, and he probably yeah. wouldn't come back to college for anything less than, like, North Carolina. But um, I believe that's who they would call first.
1: I can 100% believe Ohio State giving Billy Donovan a call, but can you imagine a worse twist of the knife? Like, I've already used that metaphor oh, once, Florida, Florida people. people. But, oh my, well, just, I mean, that, I mean, come on. Like You're going to fire that, but, I mean, that's that's pretty much inevitable at this point, but to to give a call to Billy Donovan... You know, the yeah. w- same day that you do it, probably. I just, yeah. Oh my well, god! You do it, be probably. You
0: I bet there's already been some. I would not be surprised if there was already some sort of feelers to see. You know, I wouldn't either. Would you be interested in returning? I wouldn't either. Wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, that's. God, that would be nuts. But it, yeah. it, he'd kill it too. A real yeah. possibility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he would kill it. Yeah, yeah. he's he's an excellent coach. Uh, Okay, so this is from Nate here. He says, okay, we get two days in Vegas to party with the boys. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The first day is spent at pool parties with clubs and unlimited bottle service. The second day is spent drinking whiskey and smoking cigars throughout 60, or excuse me, 36 holes of the finest (laughs) country club Vegas has to offer. Which two non-Urban Meyer Power 5 coaches do you pick to play in each day and why? Wow, that's a good question. Holy cow,
0: this guy's a legend. What What a hell of a question yeah all right so first we got to pick two guys to go clubbing with yes well herman would probably be a clubbing type guy okay i think he i think he'd be bouncing around off of things and oh clearly kingsbury
1: at texas tech
0: yes i mean just the close actually yeah kingsbury for sure i mean he would Uh be your eighth list first guy um, and then Tom, just cause I know I'm a little bit and we'd you'd probably have a little fun, but you would want Kingsbury for sure on the, or the first one, um, for the cigar smoking golfing, I want guys who can tell a story. So right. give me exactly. Steve Spurrier would be my first choice. Okay. Um, cause he is the most fun you could ever have in your life. I mean, he's just, he's so great. And I would take Bobby Bowden. I take Spurrier and Bowden and I would have a ball. I would I have an absolute are- ball with those two.
1: Those are very fair choices. I would say I would. I agree with you, Cliff. Uh, replace Herman with um, Brett Bielema.
0: Oh my God! Just for the awkwardness <laughs> between Bielema and Kingsbury. I know. And then Bielema like trying to club it with Kingsbury. You're right. That's right. It's really it's just the consensus. hangover,
1: like part four. Like that's that's yeah. what it is. Like yeah.
0: I think you can come to a consensus. Kingsbury and Bielema, I think I think you got it.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what I'd do. Um, and uh, I agree with you. I think you need stories for 36 holes of golf, which I do A not lot play. and do not yeah. know how to play. Um, somebody who's patient and doesn't care how I play would probably be, I don't know, Leech. I'd say Leech. I'm going to have Leech come with me and just spew, be you know, spew nonsense. I think that would be fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think... You know, I think Spurrier is a really good pick on that one. I'm trying to think if there's another, like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You want to follow. Well, like, Les Miles would be good. I mean, any of
0: those guys, all those guys are characters. I mean, they'd all be good. So to your point, you said somebody who doesn't care. I played golf with Bobby Bowden, and I was pissed nervous, and I was a terrible golfer then. I'm a terrible golfer now, but I was even worse (laughs) then. And I... I'd taken like t- maybe three work- weeks worth of lessons and I'd never really played hardly at all. I was 23 years old and I played this country club with him called golden Eagle, which was like a prestigious country club in Tallahassee. Yeah. And so um, I, I'm, I'm in a group with Bowden. I'm in a cart with Bowden and the second hole it's going terribly already. Like this is going to be a long afternoon <laughs> and I hit a tee shot a hundred miles right off the tee and i i'd go drive the cart over there to go start looking for it and uh bobby bowden says to me and and as only he could boy the one thing i got is a lot of golf balls one thing i don't got is time so let's not be hunting for them and that was it that was it from then on it was great i didn't give a shit if i hit it 100 miles right left didn't matter um it was fine um it was great and it, he was the most like it was a it was a really enjoyable. I probably shot 112. but It was a really <laughs> enjoyable 112 because Bowden didn't care and he just had unlimited Titleist Pro V ones for me to whack around off the tee.
1: <laughs> That's cool. That's a good story because I w- yeah. I would be sweating bullets like if it wasn't straight oh, down. It was the awful. Yeah, it was off. Country- like, who else do you think could match that kind of like laid back gravitas that he has? To, to
0: to like to, for that situation to play yeah, golf for like whatever. chill. And, I think Mac know. Brown would be great. Like yeah, Mac, I was gonna Brown. Say Mac Brown, Mac Brown probably be, yeah. Max like that. Mac Mac and Bobby are cut from the same cloth. I think Mac Brown would be uh, just fantastic in that. I think like Roy Williams would probably be good, and from a basketball perspective, Ooh, yeah. would be good. be good. Um Dabo Sweeney'd probably be pretty good. He'd probably be, most of those good old boys. They're pretty. I mean, most of those guys in that yeah. conference were pretty laid back. Mark, yeah. Mark Rick's a great guy. I mean, he would be, he'd be fine. There'd be some good guys, but you wouldn't do better than Bound and Spurrier. They they would be from just a, ah, shuck storytelling. Those two guys would be as good as it gets.
1: Yeah, agree. agree. Uh, okay. So that was, that was an excellent question. Uh, Nate, appreciate, appreciate that. that. Uh, next one here. So this is, so real quick questions uh, from, from Jamie here. He says, uh, thoughts on competing Buckeye blogs. Are you guys friendly and know each other? Uh, I'll just say real quick, so it's it's, it's interesting that we're reading this. Uh, Luke Zimmerman, I used to write for uh, 11 Warriors, and actually was my podcast co-host for a year or two, uh, is, like, stepping down from Langrant Holy Land, one of the other Ohio State blogs on SB Nation. And I was kind of thinking about that today, because we, it is, like, a lot of... I want to say talent. A lot of writers and a lot of people involved in Little Warriors have gone on to do stuff, and vice versa. We've we've brought in a couple guys. There was a website called Our Honor, Our Honor Defend, which was uh, run by uh, Vico and uh, uh, Michael Citro. Was was working with that, Uh, and they came over to us. So I think there's a lot of communication. I think there's a lot of talk back and forth uh, between us. But I, I do think it's 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 a friendly rivalry. I think a lot of people understand that this is still a business, and you know. And to to be honest, 11 Warriors is such a, you know, great like past, you know, six, seven years that that will definitely help out the competition aspect. So I think it's definitely a business, but, you know, we definitely, you know, you know each other, you you talk and you get together at, at events and stuff like that. So it's an interesting dynamic, I think.
0: Yeah, I'll just give it to you from the perspective of somebody who was in the TV and radio at the time, the more tra- traditional sides of the of the news media, the sports media in Columbus and on the beat. Um, you wanted to compete with the people when it came to breaking stories, and you, you definitely wanted to have it first. Right. But you were all in it together. Um, yeah. And the Ohio State beat is full of a lot of great guys. There's a couple of not, but there's a lot of great guys. There are. and yeah. um, And – and so I was just as friendly, you know, with the guys, you know, with, well, gosh, at 11 Warriors, a lot of them were my interns. You know, Eric was my <laughs> yeah. intern, right. you know, like a lot of kids, you know, a lot of guys you guys hired in it were guys who I worked with, who worked for me, who were interns for me. So, um, or who I knew them and, um, yeah, so I, you know, that, across, you know, I was one of the guys I respected most in Columbus was Clay Hall. He was at six, I was at 10. Like Jared Smalley was a great guy. So, and and I'm sure it was the same way with the guys from uh, all the other sites. I mean, the guys were at the Ozone. Some of those guys were good guys. Um, so, yeah, you you and some of the Buck Steve Hellwegans a good guy. He's been around for a long time. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I I'm friendly. We were friendly with all those. It, it's really you're competitive. You want to break. You want to be the one to win. You of course you want to win. But at the same time, you kind of all in this thing together. And yeah. so there's a lot of back and forth. And and a lot of I think goodwill.
1: Yeah, and I I think I think that pretty much nails it. I mean, when it comes down to you know who wants to break the story first, like it's it's cutthroat. But when it comes down to pretty much everything else, I mean, people are talking and sharing stuff, and you know yeah. commiserating. you are all in things.
0: it together. You're all trying to get these people to talk. <laughs> you right. Know? Exactly. Y'all just you know so you know, if you're all <laughs> going to travel together, you're all gonna you're going to see each other three times a week at all the press com in football season three times a week at the press conferences. You're gonna see each other friday night at the at the game if you're on the road saturday either way and you're going to spend two weeks together at a bowl trip
1: yeah so you might you as well get along each other. you can't all hate it you got to be able to get yeah. along and be friendly because it's it's yeah. a grind and like you said you see everybody all the time so yeah uh okay last one here this is from andrew in thailand this is our uh you know our other side of the andrew world lesson. in thailand Andrew in Thailand. He's the guy who That's asked the question fantastic. about like different time zones and stuff.
0: Let me uh, ask this about from Andrew in Thailand. Since he's asking, asking us questions. I, I would like to go there.
1: I mean, I, <laughs> so I'd like
0: for him to tell me, you know, give me the best way to do it. Yeah, What's the best seriously. Way? Where do I stay? Where do I fly? What do I go see? What are the must do's in
1: Thailand? Yeah, Andrew, I want to know more about how you got there. So let write us another write us another email to give us a little more background.
0: More magnanimous. Yours was is like real interest in the emailer, and mine's just self serving.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a little self serving. I mean, eventually, I got this. You know, <laughs> we got a honeymoon that we're gonna be thinking about. So Tyler, I'm there right. you go. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: okay. So this is this is again from Andrew Tyler he Says uh, if you were in a room with five strangers, one born and raised in Toledo, one from Cleveland, one from Cincinnati, one from Columbus, and one from Athens. How well do you think you could guess where each was from based purely on their accent and colloquialisms? uh, Which would be the easiest and hardest to place?
0: (laughs) Easiest to place. People nail
1: these questions. I love questions like Legit.
0: I think I could nail, I think Athens and Cleveland I could get would be very easy to
1: nail. As long as they're not a college student, yeah, Athens would be extremely easy. Yes. Yeah.
0: Athens and Cleveland would both be very easy. Columbus and Cincinnati, even though those cities don't seem to gel much, I mean, they don't don't seem like they have like they're not buddies. (laughs) You know, it seems like Cleveland and Columbus are kind of attached (laughs) at the hip. But for whatever reason, um, Cincinnati and Columbus to me kind of seem like mirror cities. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I could tell somebody from Cincinnati from somebody from Columbus and um, Toledo. I have no point of reference on, so I wouldn't be able to give a guess on that.
1: Toledo, I'd be completely screwed. Uh, Cincinnati, I'd probably be a little bit better because there are certain words and phrase. I was actually thinking about this today. We have a a teacher at our school who's from uh, very close to where I'm from. She's from from Mason. And uh, I was just listening. She was talking like she was giving some kind of presentation. She was talking and certain like the thing about Cincinnati is like these nasally but also like kind of drawly kind of accents that we put on certain things. And it was very specific words and phrases that she was saying. And I'm like, yep, she's from, she's from Cincinnati. She's from Mason. So oh. yeah, it's just, it's really, and it, I have actually kind of a crazy story about that. I don't know if I told you this, um, or if I've said it on the podcast, can't really remember, but when I was in Japan, I was walking down the street and, you know, just middle of the day, I just had a weekend just to walk around, see what was going on. And I see this festival going on in our, in, in the city that I was living in. And I, you know, I see pretty much everybody kind of milling around. And then I see this like six foot five bald white guy. (laughs) And I'm like, there probably isn't another six foot five bald white guy (laughs) in about a hundred mile radius. So I'm going to go up and talk to him. And I go up and I'm talking to him for about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And just seeing where he's from. And he's a nice guy. And he's talking to me about what he does. And uh, I hadn't hadn't yet asked him where he was from yet. So I just kind of introduced myself, what I was doing, what he was doing. And as we were talking, I'm like, Where's this dude from? Because he you sound exactly like everyone else that I've ever met in my entire life. And so I I asked him, I was like, Where are you from, man? And he he kind of looked at me and was like, Where are you from? Because he was doing the same mental calculation, mm-hmm. right? Like he was like, yeah. This guy sounds so familiar. And I'm like, Well, I'm from Middletown. And he's like, Well, I'm from Cedarville, <laughs> which wow. is like 30 miles as the crow flies from Middletown. Like wow. it's these are these are close cities. Uh and which is a crazy coincidence that he would be in like yes. you know, butt crack of japan and like a block away from where i live um but it's because it's because i i recognize how we talked and i was like you got it you got to be from the midwest somewhere and it turned out he was from from home so uh, there are a couple things that i think you pick up for cincinnati the, the the catch-all for cincinnati is you just ask them if they like skyline chili and if they say yes they're yeah. from cincinnati if they say no they're from literally everywhere else in the world so um yeah I mean, yeah that's, that's...
0: <laughs> i'll never understand skyline chili oh. i didn't have that until like three months ago yeah and i had it and I, that was i don't even know what that was <laughs> somebody said Thought did it. you like it and i said i don't even know i don't know if i liked it or not. i didn't hate it i ate it all um right. but it was it was amazing how all of that yellow cheese once like kind of disappeared into the meat <laughs> and the noodle and the yeah. sauce and it just became goo, and it was—I can't tell you if it was good or not. And they will you have it again. I don't know. I don't know. I don't
1: think Maybe so. I, I won't Maybe go I out of my way. Yeah, it's so you went for the three way.
0: These people tell you. Told me I had. That's what you got to have. If I'm going to have it, I had to have that.
1: Well, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a four way kind of guy or five way kind of guy. You gotta get the beans and the onions in there. That's that's the. That's well, the
0: I way. did the beans. I mean, the beans would have been in there too. So I guess if that's a four, I thought the beans were part of it.
1: Oh uh, so well. What, what,
0: what I had was the it was the noodles, uh, the beans, the meat, the sauce, and cheese.
1: Yeah, so I would say that's I I would consider that a four way. I think that's how they maybe list it, but maybe not. Maybe they're calling that a three. I don't know. I haven't been in Skyline. All in right.
0: So that's what I had. I had a four way, and yeah. it was just kind of some sort of amalgamation by the end of sauce and noodle. Yeah, because all of that cheese and there was a boatload of
1: cheese. Oh yeah. It all just kind of di- kind of dissolved. Southwestern Ohio cuisine is all about just like a big mash of stuff just on a plate. Like goulash and stuff. Well, in the getta, you know, where it's just like the 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 pig shavings that they just put in a sausage casing and they're like, that's food. Just eat it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the people will fight right. you if they say it's gross. <laughs> that's, that's like a good half way to fennel end. and it's half pig skin. Like, I, I feel like I should be having something else in this sausage. Layer. And
0: I also think that's probably the perfect way to wrap up the pod. It's yeah. pig shavings. <laughs> in casings i I think you've done it uh so keep the ask us anything's coming because it's summer and we need them um and and boy those are some good ones so i agree some very good ones there all right buddy we'll be back next week and uh for more analysis of freshman jersey numbers (laughs) sounds good talk to you next week all right buddy see you man